Winging it with Pena and Rico. Our special guest tonight is Martin Paul. Birdie, welcome. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, good to meet you, Mark. Where do you want to start, buddy? I ask this question um, every time. Yeah, so I've listened to a few of them, and obviously they're really good. So I, I, I guess I start like a lot of them do, really, because you asked, don't you, how you get started and stuff. Yeah. Um, so mine would have been uh, parents still live in Castle Kerry in Somerset. So we're in a tiny little village in Somerset. Got selected for the schools team and then the Somerset team. And then that's how I got picked up by Rovers. So I got picked up by Rovers at 11, which would have been uh, the Millfield School of Excellence. Yeah. So Des Bolpin. Yeah. Um, Chris Wally. Yeah. Uh, Graham Muxworthy. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember how many nights a week, but we used to go to Millfield and train. <clears throat> and then that kind good of obviously. Football people then. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Well, I was lucky, you fast forward. What was like 12, 13? So you fast forward 30 years and I'm coaching with Graham Muxworthy at Bristol City. Yeah. Like, what a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so, yeah, we go through and then go through up the age groups with, with Rovers. And it's funny now when you're kids and the facilities and stuff they had, at some age between 14 and 16, so 13 and 16, we trained in a disused warehouse in fish ponds that was owned, I think, by Jeff Dunford. Right, thank you, Yeah. So Yatesy, so so Yatesy was the coach, Steve Yates, who yeah. just broke into the first team at the time. And the reason why I remember it was because I'd come home from school, wait for my dad to come home from work, like mum had the pack lunch, bang car, drive from Somerset up to Bristol, so about an hour and a half or whatever. And then you're doing a road run at whatever age in the middle of winter with no streetlights and you know, with Yatesy out the front. And then you're up on the third floor of this commercial office box with, with concrete pillars. So you're like checking your shoulders and scanning. So you, you, the, re the reason why you could work out how to play at 13 was if you didn't look, you'd go straight into a concrete pillar. Can you imagine that. Imagine that now. Yeah, <coughs> safeguarded elf and safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and then so then went through, um, got a YTS, which was fun and did fun and games in those days. Um, so who, who, who was in your age group? So my age group was, it's a question, isn't it? Scott Crossy, Ian Smith, Tony Bennett, yeah. Scott Impey. Yeah. I'm going to forget people now, aren't I? Christ, Andy Stewart. Yeah. I should have named him first because he was my best mate from primary school. Um, year above was Paul Tovey, Dean Elliott, Spencer Thomas. Um, year above that was obviously Stewie. Yeah. So Marcus, Lee Archer, Lee Madison, those types of things. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, so I'd gone up through, got a YTS, which would have been... Can't think who was in charge then. Tony Gill took over by the time I started. Gilly, yeah. the ex-Man United. Yeah. Lad. Um, but I don't think he was in charge when the contracts and stuff were, were offered out. Um, so then, yeah, we had to... So moved up into Diggs. So there's like a... I don't know if it's still a bed and breakfast. But it's on the left. Before you go into what was Fry's, on yeah. the left-hand side there, there's a white building. You had the pub, went over yeah, the bridge, yeah. white house on the left-hand yeah. side. 
So four of us, four of us to a room. <laughs> four 16-year-old lads. <laughs> in a, don't tell me one only, room. One room. Don't tell me only two beds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Top and tail. Yeah, yeah. I think, to be fair, the following year, when a few others came in, when Danny Rove came the following year, because um, Rove would have been a year younger, I think, from memory, and obviously Dennis was at the club then. I think there was two rooms there, and they, they branched out for another room then. Um, so yeah, so we, we were there and obviously in walking down and all your jobs that you kind of you got to do and the initiations. Where was the training facility then? Fries. Fries, yeah. Fries, yeah. So yeah, your lapper, your double lapper of both the pitches, top and bottom pitch, oh. all on the yeah. When it flooded and came up and it was you know swim to the so run as far <laughs> as you could run <coughs> and then swim to the to the fence over by what is now the 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 bypass and swim back and oh, yeah good old good yeah. old days well yeah my my initiation if we're going into everything was I got hosed down with a freezing cold hose stripped naked Ooh. had all my bodily hair shaved off with a blunt razor <laughs> then smothered in aftershave because we had a weight session in the afternoon <laughs> in the porter cabin <laughs> down the bottom where you're sweating obviously and you just Shrugged. Just took it. <laughs> just because you yeah. just didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it, it was what it was, or it is what it is, whatever the phrase was. It was just those times. Yeah. And yeah, I wasn't the only one. Everyone else had their own little things. and Everybody <clears throat> nowadays has got to sing a song. Yeah. But I had that. I had, that. Yeah, I had to stand naked. I had, to stand, on me. <laughs> I had to stand naked in the, so in the, in the pros dressing room. Um, I had to stand naked on the table and sing Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, for Christmas. Well, nothing really matters after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just uh, think character building, they call it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just. What year was that then? <sighs> so 1991. Right. I was 16. Yeah. So it's funny um, because, again, something else that used to go on was um, uh, Des Bolpin was doing. So I, I, I like Des. Des brilliant as a person and a coach. But just the random you, weird thing. Yeah, but you had a you had an over and under on the betting as to whether he swore at you more or pushed his glasses up more at the same time, <laughs> when he was, whichever one it was. And um, and I'd never been twice in my life when I was really nervous as a young kid. Once was driving him up to Kensham High Street to buy some razors before. Uh, a Swindon away in the FA Youth Cup and I was sub as a schoolboy or first or whatever it was I'd passed the test I had to drive him up I had to go up the car with him that was it so he was driving I had to go up go in and buy the disposable razors the other one was driving all of the kit from Malcolm Allison to somewhere across the other side of Bristol as a second year YTS and not knowing where I was going and no sat navs and the, the pros were all waiting for me to rock up and I'd gone the wrong place and I got the kids. That's a bit of a weird thing by research <laughs> taking what's but yeah well no no for me no but then, but then you go back but it's obviously another initiation <laughs> yeah but he'd um no Des then gave himself a shave but he had no shaving foam or anything right <laughs> so he had little bits of tissue stuck on his face before he was doing the away trips and this was and the reason why I remember it I, I played golf with Stewie with, with Marcus Stewart because again I've listened to these and you've got to keep saying people's full names haven't you Not yeah, that, yeah. yeah. played golf with Marcus the other day and we, seen the picture yeah and we were talking about it 
because it's the first place anyone had ever been where we saw, in, apart from your own house, where you saw an individual bath. Because it was the big communal baths, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So when they got to the county ground for this FA Youth Cup game, they've all the, the, the second years have all stuck wrote pieces of paper like Stewie's bath and Maddie's bath, <laughs> and, and then you just had to wait your turn to get in someone else's. <coughs> but he, but Des was doing all the team talk with these little bits of, of tissue stuck to his face, and no one could take him seriously. Um, but he used to ring Des used to ring my dad, so. Half a dozen times during the season, I'd wake up on a Sunday and my dad would say, oh, Des phoned last night during match of the day from the house phone. Um, you're playing for his pub team tomorrow. <laughs> and this was, and this, was how, this was how he was getting me used to men's football. So as a 15-year-old, I used to go and play for the Rising Sun in Langport or Somerton, Langport, where he came from, against whoever they were playing against. And he'd play me left-back, centre-midfield, and I was obviously a centre-forward. He played me in all different positions that wasn't up front, and I just had the shit kicked out of me. But it was just it was again it was before character building. Character, <laughs> character building. I was playing, I think it was Somerset Senior again for Castle Carey as a 14, 15 year old. Yeah. Remember driving up to Portishead in Clevedon and places like that as a kid playing men's. Football. That was how you got used to playing against men. Was was playing against them when you were a kid. Yeah. He gets mentioned many, many times on yeah. here, you know, the, lots of us did it, you can't, they're not allowed kids to do it now, but it, no. it was how players develop, and when yeah. you look at the under 23s, you know, lots of managers are now saying it's not fit it's for pointless. purpose. Absolutely yeah. pointless. Like, you ain't good enough by 23. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is now, most, most of the young lads, bless them, in academy football, they're either there if they're playing for the team that they're signed for, uh, i.e. they're not out on loan, it either means they're there to make up the numbers because they might be, in their position, they might be one of three or four and the club thinks there's two that's got a better chance. So those two are out on loan, getting their, their men's football in, yeah. and they need numbers to fulfil the fixtures. So a lot of the time it's a... And that was the big, the big thing for me when I'd been out of football for years and I then got the coaching badges and ended up working at City and stuff. It was, I, I couldn't get over how there was no desire for the best. It, and it, it had become like a conveyor belt. Just the, 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 and again, not being critical of any, anyone working there then or now, but just how academy football's got, mm. how it is all just a numbers game and a conveyor belt and you fulfil your fixtures and... It doesn't really matter because the odd one or two is going to come through, but they probably would have made it anyway through the old system and you know different stuff like that. It, I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around the fact that they weren't bothered about you know pushing kids to be the, the best they could be. It was just a shrug and a. I, I think in some ways it, that's always been the case, you know. Yeah. You know. Um, the club has got an idea for who their their A yeah. players are. Yeah. They have got a real chance. And then you had your B players who might develop and then you had your C players that were making up the numbers. And I think that's always been and I think when they introduced the Triple P and and, and graded the football club, City grade Cat one two. No Cat Two. Still Cat Two. Yeah. Well, I, I would have thought with the new facilities, if they invested the money, they'd be Cat One. <coughs> new facilities are actually worse than SGS in the eyes of ERPP because they don't have 
an indoor an indoor astro. Wow. There's a few there's a few things because the the academy is just signed to stay at SGS. It might just be another 12 months. I know this because I was speaking to Ian Holtby about potentially taking over some of the facilities with the TMA stuff. Yeah. Um, and Ian was like, these are all of the people we've got booked in. These are all of the, you know, the clubs and the partners and blah, blah, blah. But this might come available if City move across to Feyland or wherever it is. And then it was, oh, no, they're not. And I think it was because, as, as brilliant as the new facility is, there's some boxes from an EPPP perspective... Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what they are. Might be floodlit pitch, might be no, an outdoor astro or an indoor, or a, I don't know what it is. But there's yeah. something in the in the criteria for a, a cat, whatever, mm-hmm. that means they've had to they've had to stay there. Um, yeah, but I guess that'll just be the next stage of the development over there, and then they'll move yeah. the kids yeah. across bit by bit. Because because I've always had a bit of a bugbear with with it because. <coughs> If you're a Cat 1, you can sign 90 players at every age group. Yeah. 90. 90. <laughs> so Southampton would have, at one stage, they had their Southampton Centre, they had their Bath Centre, yeah. and they had um, the Yeovil, because yeah. Yeovil Town was Southampton. Yeah. Uh, and they within that group, so they have 90 under 11s. Oh, but I won't... Um... I'm not, I'm not dissing. No, no, no. I won't. I, I'm I won't dissing na- Southampton, but that's. You don't have to be a scout, do you, to, uh, to, no. to pick one or two out of there? No. No. I was going to say something then, but I might not, because. <laughs> or, or I definitely won't. Because it'd either get me in trouble or it'd get a number of other people in trouble. Because I don't know yeah. how much of it is legal or known or not. But, uh, but yeah. So it was. And it was. It was just a different time. It's funny because my. Um, I've got three kids. The eldest one's 22 and in America doing a, a soccer scholarship and a business degree. But the two girls have gone into football in the last three or four years. So, Older. So the eldest is 14, the yeah. eldest girl. The youngest one is 11. Um, you don't want to get this wrong, mind you? Well, I'm, I'm massively <laughs> hesitating now. <laughs> so I could be in all sorts of trouble. Um, no, she plays under 12. So, yeah. Um, so they've taken a bit of interest yeah. in... Because so give, a, give them a mention. <laughs> so, yeah, so Lola and Marcy. Lola's the 14-year-old, plays as a centre-forward. Um, she only started playing about three years ago, gymnastics, because my wife's an ex-world championship gymnast. Okay. I hope I haven't got that wrong either. Um, no, so, yeah, so that was... That seems good. Yeah, but it was tumbling. So World Championships rather than Olympics because the tumbling, where they go down the, the, the springy yeah. track and just do all these somersaults. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was World Championships. So, so, so the girls obviously did the gymnastics stuff first, yeah. athletics, and then friendship groups because girls' football is so big now in yeah. comparison to five years ago yeah. let alone even longer um, their friends started playing football so then they've started playing and then I keep bumping into people so people I'll take one of them to school and a window will get wound down oh birdie and one of them will look at me and go oh football yeah <laughs> <coughs> so they so they started taking a bit of an interest and last weekend a fellow running BLU ladies was Keith James who was my Rovers physio yeah. And I hadn't seen Jamesy in 25, 26 years. Yeah. And we'd literally 10 yards apart at girls football. Yeah. So he's there going, oh, girls, he's brilliant. Do you know how good he was? And all this <laughs> stuff. So then, so they've started taking 
a bit of an interest in it. We say it all the time, Dave, don't we? That, that, that's what football does. Yeah, yeah. sport does in general. Yeah. Well, you can say so, yeah. the world and bump in the yeah. for football, can't yeah. you? You've got that well, common link. The, the fella coaching Harvey in Oklahoma, so Harvey's my son, is from Cainsham. <laughs> <laughs> that's mental. Adam, yeah. Adam K. And yeah, he's from Cainsham. No, I don't know how long he went out, how long yeah. he went out to the States. Um, bonkers yeah. that, that there's however many people from Bristol they're like oh yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. yeah. So, so talking stuff through so the girls want to know oh so who did you play against and, and yeah. then I was doing this and it was kind of like so my day <laughs> the reserve team games were, were bonkers so I, I worked it out so at 18 so 18 to 21 before I got kicked out was Southampton, Tottenham, Norwich, Chelsea, Watford, Arsenal, Bristol City, QPR, West Ham. But you were involved at all Ipswich, those clubs. Played, scored against all of those. Um, so yeah, played against them, scored against all of those. Um, Tottenham scored against Ian Walker uh, at Yates. Yeah. Um, played away at Highbury, missed from the goal line at Highbury. <laughs> <laughs> Literally missed from the goal line at Highbury. Ball bounced over my leg yeah. because I was thinking my dad's a massive Arsenal fan. This yeah. is gospel truth, and I was so so made up that I was playing at Highbury. <coughs> we won three two. Stewie scored a hat trick, and I missed from the goal line. So that's why oh. his career went one way, <laughs> and my career went the other way. Um, and it literally was the ball's bouncing across, and I'm thinking of how proud my my dad would be of me scoring at Highbury that I've took my eye off the ball and it's bounced over my leg at the clock end at Highbury. Mm. You know, so... Yeah, <laughs> the old so, Highbury. I still remember that now. Yeah, no, so, I can, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wrote stuff down about when I've left... Because I can't remember when I left stuff, but I can, I can talk you through my goal at home against Ian Walker... In, I can take 15 minutes talking you through <laughs> Paul Chubby's cross, where it was, when it was, stuff like that. I can, uh, yeah. I can remember, yeah. like playing away at Chelsea and David Rocas was playing. Robert Flex playing. Yeah. Robert Flex doing 20 press-ups every time he misses a chance because they're obviously not in the first team, are they? Or yeah. they're playing because they've been told they've got to play, and the game's going on. And you, Robert Flex doing press-ups in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> well, that is weird. Yeah, just because that was, I don't know, either a bet or whatever it was. Yeah, but proper players and a proper standard. Oh, Christ, yeah. Played against Gary Mabbott. Yeah. For Tottenham Reserves. Played against a young Sol Campbell. Played against... Yeah. Like, that era was just... Compared to now, when, yeah. when people say, was it better or worse? And you kind of think, I came out of it at 21, went to Doncaster which was horrendous, little spell, a few months in Belgium, and then signed for Bath. And at 21, and I'd had 30-odd league appearances, I didn't know my ass from my elbow in the conference in 1996, at 21 years old. I barely got through half a game, let alone 90 minutes. In what way, though? It was just so hard. It was so hard, the conference, back then. Mm. And whether it was because proper players... And by that, I mean people like Ray Houghton, because I remember playing against Ray Houghton. Yeah. We won the league however many times yeah, for Liverpool, Liverpool. And, and played however many times for the Republic of Ireland. But maybe because he loved the game and maybe because the money came in a bit later yeah, so, and you could yeah. obviously get good money to still... But Russian and Diamonds and the players, they were signing and, and it, was, it was 
mad, like as in how hard we all found him. Yeah. Yet nowadays, there's 18-year-old lads from City Rovers, whatever it is, playing on loan at Bath or the respective kind of local clubs as, as a comparison. Yeah. And you kind of think, well, how, how, how are the standards comparable if... Mm. If it was that hard, like we all found it back then, because uh, what you're up bringing with all that, like you said, all plenty well, of those sort of players. Well, we'd have played against your Bath teams in the in the Somerset Premier Cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jesus Christ, I don't know whether you'd have probably packed him by then. I would think so. But it would have been no. But tr- I'm trying to think. Like what year was that? Well, this would have been '93 yeah, to '96. Yeah. So it would have been Rob Cousins. So playing centre half probably would have been Trick. Yeah. Gilly would have been Gilly might have played, or Richard Crowley would have definitely played. And uh, just yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think of centre like Dicko yeah. would have played, yeah. and just trying to think. So even like just proper men, yeah. Mm. Like you were playing proper men, yeah. yeah. And the game was different as well. Wasn't yeah. It? Oh Christ, yeah. yeah. Tackling from behind as a centre forward, <laughs> and yeah. You know what I mean? So trying to like. I, I go down to Rovers a little bit now because, again, my daughter's got into being a Rovers fan. And it amazes me how no-one gets criticised anymore, like the players. So when, when a centre-half plays the ball forward and he used to be hold it up and your centre-forward would give the ball away, like eight lads would used to tear into him for five minutes <laughs> yeah. for, not holding, for not holding the ball up, yeah. didn't they? Right now, no-one says, no says a word. Like, it's so relaxed when they play and there's no fear. Like from a from a making a mistake yeah. point of view, that was when I think back now. Which, people... which, which is a great learning yeah. environment, and I think that's where society and, and education is is gone. Which I obviously work in. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of you know going back to your initiation at Rovers and and character building and everything else. Yeah. I I, I think sometimes we and it's getting the balance right. We've taken that out of it. Yeah. So we're too yeah softy softy. Because yeah. um, I was, when I played, I was never scared as in the crowds. I was scared of making a mistake under the pressure of letting your teammates, teammates down. down. Yeah. And so I, so I, well, the main reason I didn't play anymore was because I wasn't good enough. But the other reasons why, when I did play, I didn't make more of an impact was I was shit scared. If I if I was playing wide midfield in a four four two, yeah, like I never came off. I didn't come off the wing to, to run the across the opposite near post, you know, to, to get on the end of a cross. Yeah, it was my job is the far post because I've got and I, then I you had to get back to mark the winger because you had to track the winger and the fullback tucked in and and I played football by numbers, yeah, not to let anybody down, but consequently I never did anything either. Like, I was no use to anybody in terms of... There was no reason to keep picking me. Because all I did was... Hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about your goal-scoring record and then... Well, yeah, but that came later. When I was... No, but even at Rovers, you scored goals. Yeah, in the reserves I did, yeah. Yeah. I only only scored one goal in the first team. Yeah, and the appearances? 29 in total. Yeah. But a lot of those... Over 20 of those was wide midfield. Yeah. Justify myself now for not scoring. <laughs> no, 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 no. But again, I can. I mean, it, people obviously it's boring to everybody else except me. But I played 90 minutes away at Brighton. Yeah. Centre forward. We're one nil up. I've hit the post with a header from a Warrell Sterling cross. Justin Channing gets taken off. 
I get put wide midfield. Mike Davis comes on into injury time. Scores. Scores. <laughs> little bit love, Dave. I've played with him for years, yeah, right, at, at Bath. Yeah. But little, like, little things like that. I hit the crossbar home to Bournemouth. Had one cleared off the line away at Oxford. Missed an absolute sitter away at Bradford. Yeah. Like, I can remember all of that stuff. <laughs> Clear as absolute day. But that was, that was the pressure of of not wanting to let anyone down. Mm. Like the reason why I'd had enough of non-league football before I was 30 was because I was bored of it. Mm. As in, so when I, I used to love playing the local derbies and you know, getting all the, all the abuse and that's what motivated me to play when I was playing non-league. Yeah. So you know, when I was, you know, the few first team games and stuff I played, I was never scared in terms of, oh, there's X amount of people. I was scared of, Dave Pritchard at right back bollocking me for, for you know, for, for being out of position and making him look bad or... Because as a young kid, you just do as you're told, don't you? You don't know enough about the self-preservation of football. Yeah. You know? And and also I... Um, so mentioning missing at Highbury, I've also got to mention I missed a penalty or a penalty was saved, because there is a difference, <laughs> away at Leighton Orient for Rovers... So, Lay- I don't know, Leyland Daff or Auto Windshields or something or other, yeah. <clears throat> I've come on a sub, I think I'm 18, 19. Um, it's gone to penalties, arrogance of, of youth. Yeah, I'll take the fifth one, no problem. Because I took penalties all the way through all the, yeah. all the teams, took the penalties for the reserves. Almost had a fight with Carl Saunders once, um, away at Wimbledon, because um, we'd got a penalty in the reserves. When I was the reserve team, he was the better footballer and he was the first team player. But mate, you're playing in the reserves, and that's my penalty. <laughs> so, can so, see so, guess, as well so, so you can yeah. guess what you so you can guess what happened with that penalty as well, can you? <laughs> Neil Sullivan saved that one. So all I so I've had an hour of Carl just abusing me <laughs> for the whole game because I wouldn't let him take the penalty. Yeah. But I've missed the um, same thing. Like did the put the ball down, same routine, bang. Keeper's bottom right, really good penalty, but he saved it. And I'm a young lad thinking, well, that's okay, Chan's missed. Chan came from QPR, they paid quarter of a million quid for him. So I, they'll probably be quite sympathetic. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, Going back in the dressing room afterwards and everyone's blaming me. And I'm kind of going, okay, but he's on twelve times the amount of money I'm on and you've paid quarter of a million quid for him and he missed his. Yeah, I think the only one who was nice to me was Andy Tilson. Because yeah. he's just the nicest guy that ever walked the earth. Yeah. But every and he uh, put his arm around me and stuff, but everyone else was it was blame the young lad. But they're two good people, aren't they? <coughs> oh Channing and Tilson. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was just all a bit so it's just all a bit weird, whereas I, I, I couldn't make that leap or that transition from scoring regularly in the reserves. So I, I was either the top goal scorer for three years in the reserves or there or thereabouts. But it didn't sound like you were given much of a chance up front, though, does it? Where your favourite position was, obviously. Well, no, but then in no particular order, there was John Taylor, Carl Saunders, I think Marcus Browning had just been moved into midfield. Yeah. Um... Marcus Stewart, Paul Miller, Gareth Taylor. Yeah. So the funny thing about Gareth... Rivers have always produced yeah. strikers. Yeah, they saw always produced strikers. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, again, it's a long, long time ago, so 
I'll apologise to Gareth if I get this wrong, but I'm 99% sure he got released by Rovers on the day that we got our pro contracts. Same day. Okay. Um, because he was a centre-half then, yeah. wasn't he? He played one game as a centre-half. Away at Cambridge, they'd lost 6-1. And then we played Cheltenham away in a reserve team game. And I'm, I think he did his cruciate that night because right. I was sub and didn't come on. And then, obviously, he's had a year out, so they then renewed his contract for a year. Yeah. yeah? Fast forward to a year, the following pre-season, we've got X amount of centre-halves in the club, Billy Clark and Andy Tilson and Ian Wright and Ian McLean and whoever else. So, first teams, we've gone off on one of the tours. Gareth has stayed behind to work on his fitness to get match fit to then move on. They've played him up front. I think they played Caldicott in, like, a reserve team friendly or something. Yeah. I think he's got a hat trick and literally within a month or six weeks of the season I think then he might have been like month to month contract or something but within six weeks he was in the Welsh under 21 squad as a centre forward and then within six, nine, twelve months they'd sold him to Palace maybe Palace, for 750 Palace wasn't it yeah <laughs> Mental, right? but, if he hadn't done, but if he hadn't done his knee you know like sliding doors yeah. moments and, and yeah. all stuff like that yeah. So, yeah, it was... So, I played as many games as I did because I was reliable. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, I, and I, John Ward was the only manager that I played for, so he knew that I'd do a job for him. But, you know, Andy Gurney, yeah. obviously, Gurns just didn't give a shit. <laughs> like, honestly, it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah? I, I, I remember, again, watching him play away at Reading as a young kid, playing left-back... And he's shooting from 40 yards, first or second game. And everyone's giving him dog's abuse, like from the bench. And Kearns just shrugged and what 10 minutes that? later, he'd shoot again. And, and I didn't have, at the same age, I didn't have that. Yeah. So I had that a few years later. But at 18, 19, he, I didn't have that. That. I remember shouting at him what you said, but he still gave him a good. He had a good run at rumours, didn't he? He was brilliant. Games. Yeah, so he was I mean, doing something really, right as well. Yeah. Wasn't he? <laughs> but he didn't. But my put like in a good way. I mean this. He didn't care. Like he went out and expressed himself. And mm. now, whenever I coach kids of any age or any ability, it's just go and express yourself. Mm. You've got your personality has to come through when you play. Yeah, and then if your personality comes out, you'll enjoy it more. If you enjoy it more, you're more likely to play well. You're more likely to play well, you're more likely to play higher. You enjoy it. You then off you go, don't you? Know? <clears throat> you know, I'm into me coaching as well. Yeah. But but it's coaching can stifle you. Yeah. As well. Or stifle talent. Yeah. And you know, back in the day, you know, we played long ball. Yeah. We played that up to a big man with a short man. We get balls wide, deliver into the box. Yeah. Get players in the box. You know, yeah. and yeah, I think coaching is good, but it, the thing is, a lot of it's a, sometimes it's a lot for different people to take in, and then like yeah. a lot of footballers, not disrespectful, but are simple folk. You know, and you're giving too much in once to take in. It is a lot like, well, you got to go in there, and when they got the ball here, you chuck in there, and then you go, and you've got all these things going, in, and when you got the ball, you forgot what your yeah. actual asset is. Yeah, you know, yeah. so. You know, I, you know, I've been a manager of a few teams, and I think you've got to pick the good things out of the player and make them concentrate on that, and yeah. just nudge them in the areas you want them to improve. The on. difficult bit with the with the coaching side is knowing 
which button to push, isn't it? Because it's not the one size fits all. Again, the old day of, of stop, stand still, and everyone gets shouted at, and all of this type of stuff back in the day doesn't doesn't work now. So the, the, the reason why Pep and Klopp and Tuchel and all the rest of it are so good is their people skills and and how they treat people or the respect that they get off the players and, and you can't tell me they treat them all the same because mm. they, they can't do in this day and age with, with the power that the players have got so to get them to buy into their methods and the work rate has to be because they've they're just good with them as human beings yeah um, and, and their good man management skills or personal skills as well as being good coaches yeah and lots of people are either a good coach or, or good with Fergie was a yeah. perfect example he always got coaches in but he did the man management side and was good with the personal side yeah and he and no matter what anybody says he treated each one of those players in, individually and differently yeah you know, he only got to read his books to, to yeah you know say that yeah. Well, how many times have you heard that Alex Ferguson would go round to their houses, the young kids he signed yeah. for, he'd go around and talk to their parents and yeah. invite them to the games and treat them like kings and queens. Yeah. Those little touches. Knows all they, their first names yeah. and, and knows the parents' names yeah. and all of this type of stuff. And, mm. and that's an art in itself, yeah. isn't it? As you know, if you even when you take over a, any team... And if you've got 15, 16 players, it takes you a while to remember everyone's names. Yeah. So by the time you've got a club that yeah. big and you're trying yeah. to kind of take on, you know, take on everything, it's phenomenal. But is it like um, uh, Pep? You said about Pep. One of the shocks when he first took over Man City for me was he got rid of Joe Hart. Yeah. I thought, I thought Joe Hart was an England goalkeeper, and they're thinking he's coming in there, getting rid of Joe. But when you see what he replaced it with, yeah, a different. Ball game, in it, Ederson. The, the way yeah. he's like another player on the pitch, a midfielder. It's like, yeah, it's, it? it's just a different, yeah, a great goalkeeper, but a great with the ball. Yeah. Another, you know, and I was, what you said, Pep must get those people in that can do the philosophy he wants to teach them. So he yeah. must have had a look around that change room. You're not for me. You're not for me. You are. You are. Um, yeah. You, know, you look at it now. Like it says same with Klopp, just a different level. Yeah. You know, to, to the rest. And it's and it's like. Again, you just come across different people, don't you, at different times. So, I mean, when I, towards the end of my time at Rovers, so, so I ended up leaving because I got offered a new deal by John Ward. Yeah. And I was one of about maybe five or six, again, the younger lads. And then, obviously, the club got rid of John Ward, didn't they, and brought Ollie in and Jeff Twentyman yeah. came in. So we were all told, that contract you've agreed, it's not there anymore. Um, <clears throat> and then they ended up bringing in, replacing us with the lads from QPR and some of like one of them, Graham Power, I'm really good mates with now, but Stevie Parminter and Matty Lockwood. Mm. And uh, Matty Lockwood had obviously played a lot of games in the league. But everyone else, they didn't really play any more than what we were playing at the time, if you like. But they also didn't have that affinity to the club. Mm. You know, in terms of the, the, the local... It, I'm not a Bristol boy, but I've been at the club since I was 11. Mm -hmm. So you are a local player, aren't you? You're still you? Like you are, though, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you might be a 6 out of a 10 ability-wise, but you're a 10 out of 10 effort every week because you're a local lad and you're trying, mm -hmm. to, and you're trying to make your way. And, and, it's, and I'm not accusing any of those lads of anything, but it is different if you do travel somewhere else to play because you don't have that bond, do you? The fans want to see you. Yeah. Whether, whether you're a City fan or a Rovers fan 
or a Yeovil fan, Cheltenham fan, they want to see home rule. Oh, yes. Look at the shanks, Taylor. He's one of our own. Yeah. <laughs> Echoes well, on yeah. the reins. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you do get away with so much more as well. And I often think as a manager, you get away with a bit more. If, if you've got two, three, four local lads or younger lads in there, they'll cut you a bit more slack because they're Definitely, a bit more forgiving yeah. towards those types of players. So so th- that was how I ended up leaving. But even the six months before then, Terry Connor was around in and around the reserves. And Terry's gone on to obviously have a phenomenal career. In, mm. I mean, he was a really good footballer. <clears throat> but I didn't understand the politics of it at the time and Terry was pushing John French and Frenchy another really really good footballer but he wasn't a centre forward you know he played midfield and I think defence and different stuff but at that time Frenchy was Terry's lad and I was kind of I was the old guard if you like because I was the existing player that was already there that Terry Frenchy just a bit younger yeah you're younger than me yeah so I was already in the building so there wasn't Terry couldn't take any credit for anything yeah. to do with me because I was already yeah, there, if yeah. you like. Yeah. <coughs> um, so that's wrong as well. And yeah, yeah. Terry, Terry, Terry's a great coach and a great human being, you know. But develop the player. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. If he was sat here now, he'd, he'd have a he'd have a different view, yeah. and, and, I'm, and I'm sure he would. But I know that you know he'd be going across doing YTS sessions, finishing sessions. And the, the pros we'd finish, and I'd go across and ask to join in, and I no fuck off, that's not you. This is a white, yeah, you're not, you're not joining in. And I'm kind of going, I'm a, oh okay. And you kind of walk off, going, I'm a young pro, and I've asked to join in. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously in front of the YTSs. Yeah. And you kind, of, but but he was he, he's on his way up the ladder at that point in time and obviously trying to make his mark and yeah. and it's and it's so I call it the self-preservation society but that it's it's but it's but that's football isn't but, it yeah but it's money and, and it's, it's horrible but it's just work isn't it if, if you work in football you've got to preserve your job because it's your wages just like if you've got any other job that you do you've got to look after your income haven't you yeah. but at the time I didn't realize any of that I just thought he was being a bit of a dick towards me, to be honest. Yeah. But then when you when you get a lot older, you think, ah, that's the kind of politics of it. And he'd be in charge of the reserves, and you know, I'd the team would go in or the, whoever would pick it, and I'd be playing up front. You'd get to Millwall away, and I'm sub, and he's changed it around, and you ah, right, okay. So there was that type of stuff going on. But I'd had the extra year, um, and then that got kind of the rug got pulled. I think I wrote to you at that stage. What did I say, no? Well, no, you didn't even <laughs> fucking reply. <coughs> hey? Did he like didn't even back? get a reply. No, I didn't like reading his text. I just read the letter. That's how, that's how old it was. I, I wrote. I, I don't know. I might even have put in the letter that you might remember me from scoring in the Somerset Premier Cup final against... No, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then I think John Ward... No, John Ward or Dennis Booth, one of them, sorted out for me to go to Doncaster which was Sammy Chung was the manager at Doncaster so I was playing cricket back at Castle Carey and again the phone call comes in at home can you get up to Doncaster for tomorrow um, so great big hold all got on a train train up to Doncaster got met at the station walked in had a there was like 12 players in the I should have known then that there was going to be problems 12 players in the porter cabin and 
we all just got signed. Right, I think I got, I think it was 300 quid a week back then as a 21 year old in 1996. Um, and then um, he quickly got replaced with Kerry Dixon. And then uh, none of us got paid. So, so if you Google Ken Richardson, who was the chairman at the time, I think he then went to jail for burning down I think the stands. I the other week. Okay. For fraud. Yeah, yeah. So, so he paid, so I think, without getting myself into libel trouble was or whatever. Was Colin Crammy? Crammy. Yeah. See, well, there you go, right? Yeah. So I played with Crammy at uh, uh, Doncaster, uh, right? So have you, have you had Crammy in? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. What a lad Crammy is, by the way. <laughs> I got some, I could, yeah, there's another podcast for stories on him as well. <laughs> so he's, um, so he, he wouldn't have mentioned it, but John, again, um, so... <laughs> I'm jumping around the, stories it, now. No, is it this? So he was a racehorse trainer, or yeah. pretended to be a racehorse. Yeah. So, so ten years previously, he ran a three-year-old horse and a two-year-old race, or something, <laughs> and painted it a different colour. Yeah? Yeah. And then had, and then they had all the money on all over the country. And then obviously they paid out like yeah. smallish bets that obviously all mounted up to whatever. And then when they inspected the horse, they found right. <laughs> Was Crammy talking about it? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I was at Donny at the same time. So I was supposed. So when I played golf with Stewie, yeah. Colin was supposed to play, right. and it was kind of like, and I had a laugh and a joke with him. I said, "Well, yeah, I'd have played at least ten more games if I wasn't behind him at Rovers and you were goddamn Doncaster." Um, so only, again, two subs. I think only the match day thirteen or fourteen got paid at Doncaster because. Doncaster had no money. Ken Richardson had the money, but there was he didn't own the football club. Or whatever the whatever the, the dynamics yeah. behind it was that meant he didn't have to pay anyone. Right? So you, you just didn't get paid. Oh. <laughs> right? And then yeah, and I'm, I'm sure he got done for, for arson for trying to burn down his own stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin said the story, didn't he? Yeah. So we, yeah, so I'm up there then. And and, and we were in I was in seven days a week, so that they would just didn't pay you and doing anything to try and get you out of the club. So literally, I was running round Doncaster Racecourse on a Sunday morning after having, you know, rolled out of some nightclub at <laughs> three o'clock because they probably shut a bit earlier back then. Yeah. Um, but then you had to be at Doncaster Racecourse at yeah, eight a.m. in the morning to do what? To run round the racecourse. Did you take offence at that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I've, I've listened to enough of these to know that you line them all up, Payton, don't you? And, uh, and it literally, and, but if you didn't turn up, you got fined. And I'm like, well, you can't find me because you're not paying me. <laughs> <laughs> so I had. So that didn't last very long. Well, no. So I had. So so I had a. A £15,000 a year contract. It's so 300 quid a week, 50 right? So, so I had a £30,000 contract. Yeah. Right? I think I walked away with three grand. And, that, and I lasted the longest. Like other people left and, and walked away with nothing whatsoever. But because I'd saved a bit more money from the time at Rovers and stuff and, and just had bits and pieces. So Doncaster as a club stayed in the league, did they? Yeah. They didn't care, because nowadays that I would mean, be... nothing happened. You speak, yeah. spoke to the PFA, they did not give a shit. The PFA did not care about, like, little old me in Doncaster, like, just not getting paid. And not just me, however many other lads yeah. there were in the same, in the same yeah. boat as me. Um, and then I got a phone call, no idea of who... Um, offering me to go to Belgium. 
So I drove from Doncaster to Bristol Airport, met my mum and dad at Bristol Airport, picked up some more clothes and stuff off them, got on a plane. And some money. And some money. <laughs> and flew to, uh, flew to Belgium. Who did you play for in Belgium? Alst. Alst. A-A-L-S-T, something yeah. like that. Um, so I was there for probably four to six weeks right. on trial and various different clubs. And it was a Flemish speaking, so not a great English speaking yeah. part of Belgium. So I got offered a contract to stay there, but it didn't include accommodation. And because I didn't speak Flemish very well, and because the English wasn't great and stuff, um, then I, I turned it down and came back. I flew over and got a ferry back. So I can even remember the film I watched back coming back on the ferry. <laughs> but other shit, I got what no idea. That? It was the, it was the one with Matthew McConaughey where it's to do with the, the the racism and the hanging off the tree, and he's the solicitor. The the name of it will come back to me at some point. Um, so I watched it in the cinema coming across, and then I had to get a bus to London from wherever, and then a train back down to Castle Kerry, and then um, and then that's when I signed for. Signed for Bath because Bath then I think had well I know Steve Millard was the manager yeah but I think Crossy was there Steve Cross. So how old are you at this point? Twenty one. Of course, you've done quite a lot, haven't you? We're yeah. Going to Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So well, all I had no luck by the sounds bit. We're not. Yeah. Just I knew how I've told the story really <laughs> to make people feel sorry for me. <laughs> people say you make your own luck, but sometimes you do need that little break, yeah. don't you? Just listen to what you said. What you said, like you're scoring goals at reserve team level, you know, you're on the cusp of that. And yeah. The manager's yeah. left and difference. It, it, you haven't had the rub of the green, what I've listened to on this, to be fair. Well, no, just, but it, uh, it is what it is, isn't it? You know what I mean? You As in, it just, you no, you can't change any of it. And, and again, it, I always think if I'd have had, if I'd have signed that year, Holloway would have liked me because I was fit. Mm. Not because I was any good, right? He did like fit. But he well. liked lads who could yeah. run. And, and I was, you know, I. I used to I used to train for pre-season because I was probably aware that I wasn't as good as a lot of the other ones and you're, you're younger and you're trying to, you know, so you've had that whole thing, aren't you? You're in the pre-season running and everyone's trying to pull you back, aren't they? All the senior pros because you're, yeah. you're tearing off yeah. and stuff. Um, but I used to, uh, no, I used to have three weeks of running in the off-season yeah. to get my, and I know they all do it now, but back then it was unheard of, wasn't yeah. it? It was... You come back a stone overweight, six weeks off, you've been on the beer all summer and your pre-season got you fit. He won't mind me saying this. <coughs> punky. Oh, right, right. Say yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He, he put on two stone, two and a half stone during the game. Summer. <laughs> 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 I, was, I was still brilliant. Yeah. I was well, still yeah, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was that one because I played with him at Yeovil and obviously Bath and that. Yeah. But exactly the same every year. And we, I saw him at the Rovers ground a couple of weeks ago and we had a laugh and joke about it. Like, yeah. But scored goals, didn't he? Yeah, Christ, yeah. We have to get him in, too. Yeah, what a player he was. And you scored goals. So, well, we'll come on to this in a bit, but I scored more than him 
Yeah, the bar's still called Randall's. <laughs> it bars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. which, that's kind of gone unnoticed in the last 13 years <laughs> since I retired. That I now the, the second highest goal scorer in the history of the club, but they haven't even named the toilets after me. It's not even Birdie's Bogs or anything at the bottom end, is it? They've just airbrushed that bit. You've got you've got the history up to a certain part, and then like the the probably 15 years at the tail end of your era, and then the era up until. Well, probably Jerry coming in. Yeah. Has all been airbrushed. Well, no, actually, no, AD Britain and Rello and stuff, that's, that was in there, to be fair. Um, but th- that middle kind of period, no one at Bath seems to acknowledge that it, that it, <laughs> that it ever happened. Were you there at the same time as Punky? <laughs> no. No. No, Christ, no, I'm not that old. I know I look it. <laughs> no, but I'm, he was there in the early 90s, there, wasn't he, Paul? Randall? 92, 93? <laughs> Yeah, I was 90. I signed... Definitely, no, I signed, definitely in the early 90s, because I left in 91, 92 when he was there. I signed Nove- oh, November-ish, 96, oh, yeah, something so like around then. Later, right, 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 yeah. Because, again, I had to look at... And, again, so there was Moggy... So, at the time, you had Moggy, you had Irv, so, obviously, Dave Morgan, Mark yeah. Irvin. So, is yeah. Stephen Millard that signed you? Yes. Yeah. But it would have been because of Steve Cross. Right. Okay. So, Crossy was at Rovers with me. Yeah. Or I was at Rovers with him. And then I think, obviously, he'd left with the whole all away, I guess, John Ward thing. Mm-hmm. And then he was across there, I think, as a player coach. Yeah. At that time. And I think they just sold Paul Adcock or lost Paul Adcock. Uh... I think. I think he started that season. Yeah. Ish. And then, anyway, they were looking for a centre forward. Yeah. Um, so I signed. Adds up the packing because he was injured. Oh, did he? Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't. We, I don't we, know I, him. I signed Paul from from um, Plymouth. Yeah. Um, well, another and really Dave good Burns, footballer. He was. Dave Burns. So he said to me, he said, "Go and get this little lad." Yeah. He, he'd had him within one of the England setups, and he said he'd score you goals. Um, so we signed him, put him on a contract, and he did score goals. Yeah. But he had this pelvic injury. It was always oh, okay. going to restrict his playing days. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, I went and more or less he got the call from the doctor to say, look, if you don't pack it in, later in life you struggle to walk. Yeah. And it was that bad. Yeah. So we packed it in. Running a su- successful scaffolding company. Is he? Plymouth, mate. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. yeah. It's gone up in the world then. Only if he's doing obviously the multi-story stuff. So not not if he's doing the single. (coughs) Yeah. So So how many games? How many goals? This is where my book comes in handy. Uh, 212 starts, 65 sub, 115 goals. So 115 in 277. Yeah. So I scored. So I scored on my debut. Left foot volley, home to Woking. Um, which end? You. Which end? <laughs> Top end. Whatever the whatever the dugout and turn right. Bristol end. Yeah. Sean Penny put the cross in, and you know, again, it's the same he with. He gets a mention, doesn't he? Pens. Yeah. Again, Pens about the same age as Punky. Isn't he? They're about the same age because because Sean's older than me. Yeah, but Pens won't play for me. No. No. Miller. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Because they were like they were like that. Yeah. Yeah. They were but it's one of these where it comes in from miles. It's the same as the, I know we were joking about it earlier, but the Tottenham goal against Ian Walker. It's come from right in the corner, so you've got that long as the cross comes in. You've got about four different things going yeah. through your mind as to how you're going to finish. Left foot volley is the answer to your question, Payne. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, I, 
and I think I scored. I scored then. I scored home against somebody else a week or two later. Scored away at Rushton, and then I did my medial. Right. Tore my medial around Christmas or January time. Stood on the ball, home to someone, and my my knee went. Right. And because I was on, you know, the pink Brufins, the big strong pain. Because I was on the painkillers for my uh, patella tendonitis that yeah. I had at the time. Yeah. Didn't feel it. Just tried to get up and collapse because I couldn't put any weight on my knee. But the pain didn't come until I'd left Odyssey a little bit later on. And the painkillers wore off. And then trying to drive your car. And so, um, so that was the year that Bath got relegated from the conference. Yeah. Like fourth from bottom with the points tally and all this type of stuff. Um, and I, I was back fit come the end of the season. But couldn't get my place back. Because I think it was Graham Colburn and probably Mike Davis, I think, yeah, that were the front two back then. Um, and I think we won the last day of the season, 3-2 against somebody at home. And then somebody else won somewhere and we ended up going down on goal difference, I think, with the biggest whatever the points thing was. Um, following year, I was in and out, which again, I think Penn might have took over. Steve Mallard might have left by then and Penn took over, I think. He did for a short period, didn't he? Yeah, how, did you yeah. Get, how did you get on with Sean, all right? Because he was one of the biggest mooners <laughs> I've ever played with. <laughs> Great lad, yeah. that, but oh, moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just, yeah, he was all right. I, I, yeah, but I like a moan as well, or yeah. I did when I played, so we just used to <laughs> moan <laughs> each other. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. The funny thing was him, um, I think it was Kingsland away, he borrowed Fozzie's John Foster, John Foster. The, 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 bless the, yeah, bless him, the kit man that was at the club for yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago for, for like 45, 50 years. Yeah. Borrowed Fozzie's shoes for a night out. When you go for the overnighter <laughs> up on a Friday night, and Penn's trying to find a night out somewhere, isn't he? And um, yeah, I think he borrowed two shoes and came back with one. Yeah. <laughs> came back in, he only gave Foz one shoe back. He managed to lose a shoe on a night out before. This is, I think he was the assistant then. Um, yeah. So then I think, I see, I think I know, I scored 16 goals the following year. Yeah. And then what really changed for me was Paul Bowden coming in. Okay. So I was in and out the previous year and kind of all right and not great and did enough, but not. And then Paul Bowden came in. This is Paul Bowden and Chalky. And Chalky. Steve Yeah. yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, so they came in and they came in at the tail end of the previous season, or Paul Bowden did. And, um, and uh, mate, we've got about there's another 96 goals to go through. No, no, so we'd um, so I played and I, and I didn't start off too well. And you know, you know that you're about to get dropped as a player. So we played away at Gloucester and I was rubbish. And I pulled them after the game, it was a midweek game, <clears throat> and I said. I know you're going to leave me out, but I think I'm doing too much work outside of the box. So, because I think we're playing obviously four four two, can you give me a couple of games, but let me play how I want to play, and if I'm still not doing it for you, no problem. And they went, yeah, okay. And then I scored either the next game or the game after, whatever it was. That's quite forward thinking as well from but, a manager and yeah, coach or a coach. Yeah, yeah, but but I knew 
because again they, they, they were new to obviously the, the team and they're obviously yeah. trying to find the right team and the right combination and all of this type of thing um, and I can't remember how it all but, but basically the dam broke and I then scored 30 goals 30 goals and then 19 in the last season which was when the budget got pulled and people knew three quarter halfway through the season that the whole thing was going so in a four-year period, I'd scored, what's your math, 60, 79, I'd scored 96 goals mm. in four years. One of the two middle ones was the top goal scorer in the whole of non-league. Yeah. So I got the golden boot for that. And then that was where it... So, um, yeah. so, so what changed? In terms of, you know, because we've been saying you've, you've always scored yeah. goals. Yeah, You're saying, yeah. well, no, it only happened later in my career. Yeah. Well, no, I, yeah, I had always scored goals. In all, in, so, yeah, so in, in, in all the age groups I'd scored, and, and you play up and you score and you play up and you score and all of this. YTS I'd scored, reserve team football I'd scored. I just didn't score in the first team yeah. for Rovers. For, yeah, but you said they played you white. I played a lot of games white, yeah. Um, but, and then... So what are your goals, typical goals though, Mark? Were they tapping? Were they whirling? No, no, no. no. I I, I think, genuinely... from the left-footed player against Ian Walker. They were... um, I I honestly think... I I think I scored about 200 goals if I scored 10 outside the box. Well, that would make a great difference if you're playing wide, though, wouldn't it? Because if you're playing wide, a lot of your goals are going to be at any of the far plays or going to cut inside and whip one in. If I had to sing my own praises my, my movement was good mm. so when balls came in the box or final third movement coming short spinning in behind pulling off shoulders all of this type of stuff and anticipating and while I wasn't lightning quick I was quick over two or three yards mm. so if I got in front of somebody mm. I could I could get a shot away or whatever it was um, so what changed was the belief of knowing that I was always going to play regardless of whether I so once I started scoring I knew that if I went a game or two without scoring a goal I was still yeah. playing because yeah. I was well, I was the goal scorer it, definitely yeah. yeah so I knew so the minute I knew and and, the, and this affected me in reverse after I left Bath and I went to other clubs where you were panicking shit if I don't score today I'm going to get left out because I've gone two games without a goal yeah. um, and I just relaxed and then you relax and then you go and and, but then people look to you, don't they? So because you score goals, people passed you because you've scored. So they're relying on you to score a goal so you get more chances and the whole thing kind of rolls on. Um, but yeah, that was... But, but again, we used to, I used to work. So you train seven till nine at Twerton. Yeah. And again, I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why teams don't train on the pitches anymore. It's a lot of non-league teams don't play out from the back anyway so why are you worried if your pitch is cut up <laughs> there's no point of having home advantage if the players that play for you don't play on the home pitch any more than the opposition <laughs> right so it drives me being a groundsman at non-league football has to be the greatest job ever because <laughs> you don't have to do anything because no one ever trains on it they just you know so so we train seven until nine but then me and Chalky so Steve White would stay and we had a routine and we'd stay until I did it and by it it was X amount 10 footballs 6 or 8 different stations and if I didn't get 10 out of 10 in the side netting 
both sides and it was touch, finish, first time finish, side foot, laces. If I didn't get 10 out of 10, we stopped and we started again. Right. So some, and this was so through that two and a half year period. Some notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it, but it, it, it just grooves, you. grooves your habits. Yeah. So when you, you, you're after that short or that quick or that, I don't know, inventive finish, you could dink it outside of the foot, both feet, all different ways of finishing, mm-hmm. because you'd practiced it. Yeah. But bless him, he put the time in with me. Yeah. So it was all very well me doing it, but he's the one who would have suggested it in the first place because, again, he used to do it. Yeah. So he's, come on, I used to do this. This is what we'll do. And it was just... Re- and everyone else, people would be home by the time I'd finished training. Mm. But so that kind of period where it did go really well. well. No, like, no, no. And I was living in Yeovil at the time. So I'd have an hour journey at the end of the training. But... The, but that was how serious you, or yeah. how serious how I took it. Obviously, not just worked. me. A load of other people did, obviously, around then as well. It's not just. I I don't mind saying it, uh, Birdie. Artists singing football, scoring goals. Yeah, I don't care. I've always I've said it two or three times on this podcast, and you know you deserve tremendous credit because you you score goals. Yeah, it's just, but uh, but a lot of it is instinctive. Uh, of course it is and yeah. it is yeah. I've got that haven't they yeah. yes some of it is but, but you worked at your game yeah, as yeah well I did yeah, 100%. Your movement. yeah yeah because nobody this will make you laugh nobody taught me how to hold the ball up yeah right until I went to Doncaster so at 21 years old not crammy surely no <laughs> right no it was George George Foster yeah who was the ex centre half Crammy tell the story about the boxing matches down at Plymouth. No, probably well, we haven't got time for that. Um, but so Darren Moore, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Moro was at Doncaster. So George Foster went. That's you. That's Darren Moore. He's going to kick lumps out of you. I'm going to stand thirty yards away and I'm going to smash the ball up to you. And you're going to practice how to hold the ball up. Yeah. Twenty-one. But it's like at Rovers. You need to do more weights and drink more Guinness. <laughs> But they didn't tell me what weights. They didn't tell me how to do weights. And obviously, this is pre-internet. Guinness. <laughs> no, 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 just as much Guinness as you. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the, but that's what it was. But they didn't. It wasn't like high weight, low rep, yeah. or low low weight, high rep. And this this tones you. This builds your bulk. This is what you need. There was none of that. There was this is pre-internet, so you couldn't go and look it up yourself. So a lot of the time when you were a young player, you were just left to figure it out for your own devices. Uh, but the penny dropped for me at around about whatever I was, 23, 24, around then, rather than 2021, 20, yeah. which would have made a bit of a difference, probably. Mind you, you don't want Darren Moore kicking you. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but going back to holding it up, though, most players, like for me, you know, say midfield wing yeah. you wanted a player who could order it because yeah. all they would apart if you've got a player order it buys you so many seconds yeah. if you can order a ball for three yeah. or four seconds that can get you 20 yards back in position or but, out of position but, but literally the difference between receiving square on yeah. and I know this is a podcast so people can't see what I'm doing right which then allows centre halves to come straight through the back of you yeah. or being sideways on yeah. right so instead of being taught to control it with your instep 
and you're square on and you're opening your body up to control it and they come straight through you and the ball goes 20 yards and you go 10 yards, right? You go sideways on, get your arm up, control it with the outside of your right foot yeah. and, there, and it's a yard away. So any, any contact is then a foul, even back then. Yeah. Nobody taught me that yeah. until I was 21. And then, obviously then, like I said, you, you Paul Bowden and he'd left Reading. Do you know what I mean? He was playing Reading the yeah. season before in the championship. So for the first year or two when he was playing, it's just another planet because he was probably still playing for Wales the year before. Yeah. You know, so his delivery and his passing and the passing out from the back... You know, which we had in those pitches and the football we tried to play. I mean, ultimately, we obviously didn't get promoted, and the squad was too small, or the you know the budget, whatever it was. There were just teams with with better resources. But we had a proper go for a couple of years yeah. at, at attacking football, and you know, he'd rather win four three than a. That's the way he played, didn't he? <coughs> yeah, yeah. Great, great, great player. Yeah, but him and him and Chalky would so him and Steve White, Paul Bowden and Steve White would just. Brilliant. As in, if anybody wanted to learn, they'd give their time and all of that type of stuff and help you out. And Was he still a quiet sort of bloke when he was manager, Booty? Yeah. Because he, he, he yeah. played for base day with me and yeah. you could get a word out of him really no. quickly, but lovely, great footballer. Yeah. No, no, he, he was brilliant. I mean, we, we, we had some fun with Chalky. We, we set his clothes on fire one night. <laughs> As you do. Because I think it was a certain... <laughs> he find that was funny. he still in them? Well, no, but I think... <laughs> so find that funny. No, so I think... I think no, not at all, no. So I think what happened was it was a Swindon Town tracksuit that he was still wearing. And I think John Holloway brought a new Swindon Town tracksuit in with him. So we had a ceremonial burning of his old tracksuit. And he went obviously up the wall, as you can imagine. And then we presented him with the brand new Swindon tracksuit to, to replace it and stuff like that. But but we had... We, yeah. burned, we burned Randy Dix's clothes once. We had to give him three quid to replace them all. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's an eye-opener of mine, coming into, coming into signing for Bath and having Dicko <laughs> on, in your, on, your, on your team. And your, yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. I threw... Um, I threw a Barry Manilow tape out of the window of the coach. <laughs> it was either his or Irv's, and tried to replace it. With, and tried to replace it with the Beatles one. You know, the, the whole you open the thing at the top, of it, trying to make you know. That didn't go down very well. Who brings a Barry Manilow? I think it was Irv's. I think she used to. Yeah. Living in America, married to a millionaire daughter. Yeah. And yeah. Grantly Dicks yeah. are on his scrap. Well, what was, oh. what was funny was you, you had Harves in, didn't you? So Ian Harvey and Mish, yeah. yeah. So Harves didn't tell the story of him being stripped naked in Dublin because I listened to the podcast, right? So one of the end-of-season tours, the football tours where you don't see any football. So we went to Dublin. Does Michelle know about this one? Yeah. Oh, good. She will do in a minute. Anyway, um, there's so the first there was no no non-alcoholic drinks allowed. So first year, so it was Guinness or Guinness and Port. That was it, and and it was the old days of the quickest drinker finishes his pint and you order another twenty pints with the kitty. You know those bad old days. So you get to the end of the trip, and Harves is the youngest. Thankfully, a little bit younger than me. So he gets stripped naked, smothered in mustard, and whatever the square's called in Dublin, 
right? Where all the pubs and the stuff are. Some of the street in it. Or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's... So I've skipped the bit where we get where we got kicked out of the hostel because Irvs and Snake upended all of the, you know, the bunk beds and everyone's clothes. And, yeah, I've, I've glazed over that bit. Um, so Harves is stood. He's been given a belt and a pair of trainers in Dublin. He's put the belt round his waist. He's put the trainers on his feet. He's obviously hammered. And he's just stood naked, covered in mustard, right, <laughs> in Dublin. And he starts going to the toilet for a wee. So, 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 and you've got people saying, keep him there, because they've had to go back to get cameras, because, again, it's not the, the smartphone. Anyway, police turn up. So police take him away in the in the riot van, and the last thing I the last thing I hear, God's honest truth is, the last thing I hear is, you won't be catching the ferry back to England, and half saying, couldn't give a fuck, mate, we flew, right? <laughs> That's the last thing I heard before the back of the doors, right? So then there's, so Nicky Brooks, yeah, yeah Captain Fantastic, Toby. so Brooksy, me, and Irv's. We then go back to where we're staying to try and get some clothes for halves. We then get a taxi to the police station. Irv's has got his watch out and he's timing the security cameras outside of the police station, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so he's then upturned a traffic or a police cone outside the police station and gone to the toilet in the cone so the number two in the toilet, not the number one, because he's timed it so that he won't be caught on the CCTV, right? It's just, right? So, isn't it, right? Yeah. And so then we go in, and we, we're here to collect such and such, or blah, blah, blah. So we hand the clothes over, and fellow policeman walks down, throws the clothes into a cell. And it's like a, you know, some movie. It waits kind of ten seconds the clothes come back out of the cell. <laughs> it turns out we've picked up Graham Colborne's clothes, yeah. who's, a, who's a foot and a half taller Dude, than ours. None of the clothes fit. <laughs> and I was just gone, these aren't my big clothes and thrown them straight back out of the cell. And they're like, well, Mr. Harvey, if you want to leave, you have to put those clothes on. Or go in a hot Or you can stay here all night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've, um, yeah, I know yeah. that's jumped around a little bit, but yeah, yeah so then we, yeah, but then we've, um, and then it was just a shame, really, with the whole thing, how it, it just, as these things do, because I've listened to the other stuff, budgets get cut, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, end of a natural kind of, uh, natural life cycle, if you like. Um, I had a year left on my contract, and, um, who yeah, I had I had a year left on my contract, but basically said to the board that everyone was going, manager was going, all sorts of stuff. So I didn't want to stay. Um, they gave me, they asked me if it mattered who the next manager was. So not that I could choose the manager, but if it's such and such, would you stay? And I was like, no, kind of the races run type of thing. I have loyalty to everybody else, really, and to Paul and to Chalky. Yeah. Um, so they then sold me to Newport. So I met Tim Harris the night that Liverpool beat Alaves 5-4 in the Euro, whatever the, the cup was called, because yeah. it was being played at the hotel. Um, I asked for two things in my negotiations, 
which was a long sleeve shirt because Newport played in short sleeve shirts. Yeah, and I wanted to know if we were going to train in Newport. To which I was told yes to both, so I signed. Did I? Didn't get a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> I genuinely asked for a number nine or a number ten long sleeve shirt and a number twelve. So when you leave me out, can I have one as sub? Um, and then we started training in Newport, and then you get into the season, and we ended up at is it Treforest where Cardiff? Yeah, Treforest further up. Where Cardiff Uni or yeah, Wales yeah, used to train. Yeah, Treforest. Phenomenal facilities, yeah. but an hour and twenty further down. The road. Mm. So there was me, Billy Clark, Stewie James, and Steve Benton in a car share. And we just used to try and find some traffic. You know what I mean? And just, can you sit in some traffic to not have to drive? <laughs> and then you could ring and go, oh, we're not going to... But obviously Tim's coming down from Cheltenham and Gloucester and you had Rosie and you had all sorts of lads coming from all over the place, yeah? yeah? So the whole traffic thing didn't really used to wash because everyone else seemed to make it there but it was um, when you were so the same thing as to why it worked at Bath and didn't work I say didn't work at Newport I was top goal scorer with 19 goals Um, but if I didn't score for two games like Gary Shepherd would come in and play or I think he signed Carl Dale from Cardiff and Stevie Coe was there Coe signed from Swindon yeah um so you always felt that it wasn't about your performance, it was about whether you scored or not. So I could play really well, the team could win, but if I didn't score, he had that many players mm. that he was just swapping and moving them around. Yeah. So I never felt settled. Others did, and like every manager, isn't it? you have your favourites. So the favourites play, and I wasn't, even though I was top goal scorer, I wasn't one of the favourites. Yeah. So at the start of the second year... That's strange when... Cause Timmy Harris signed you. Yeah. You, you signed players because you've got a bit of faith in them? Mm. Well, yeah, I, I think he signed me because he could. Some is because I Because I obviously scored goals in that league for a number of years and I was available or he could get me. And it was not a little bit football manager the game thing. That might be the wrong way of phrasing it. But it, I, I didn't get the impression that he wanted me. Yeah. As, a, as a player, he, he signed me because I was available and mm. he was able to sign me um, but then so would you say you were one of those players that needed an arm round then because you've, no, you've not felt, by then no, no I didn't care no, no, I didn't what care I what anyone thought of me yeah um, but if I played well I expected to play yeah mm-hmm. what I didn't expect was to get left out because he someone else had moaned at him and, they, and he was trying to juggle, yeah. you know, his numbers and yeah. juggle his, all this type of stuff. Because at the start of the following season, he said to me, pretty much word for word, I've got an unlimited budget. I don't have to get rid of you for the budget side of things, but you're not going to play. So your two options are leave or you can stay here all season and you won't kick a ball, but I'll pay you every week. That's because in my because in my first year there was a time where um, Stevie Coe and Jason Perry, that he'd signed also from Cardiff or somewhere, Pez, um, they were they were at home on full pay for two months. Didn't have to train. They weren't they weren't considered for any games because they was either trying to get rid of them or they'd had a falling out or whatever the, the situation was. So they had the budget at Newport at that time was that 
it was almost too big if that might mm-hmm. sound a little no. bit strange because no. you've got too much choice or you, like yeah. and I'm so what do you do well I'm like well I'm fucking I'm gone then so I've got no interest in sitting around and he signed a lad from Mark Dickinson maybe a lad from the League of Wales did his cruciate the year after I the, the, the game after I left and they struggled their ass off and didn't really have anyone that scored goals or anything after then um, so then I signed for Chippenham yeah um Manager Tommy, <laughs> so sign for Tommy and um, Tommy saw. Yeah, sorry, Tommy saw. I, I, I went first name only because he's had a mention in a number of yeah, podcasts, yeah, so yeah. I considered if people had listened to it, they knew who he was. Yeah. So I signed for Tommy and um, was top scorer that year as well. So nineteen twenty. So I had a spell where I was one, two, three, four. I think I was the top goal scorer six years in a row at that level yeah. for the clubs that I was With. that I was at so um, record that innit yeah so we um, uh, yeah and, and again just completely different you know I was in it was a little bit less tactical shall I say mm-hmm. and a little bit more like old fashioned muck and bullets team building so that side of it was really good yeah. You know, and everyone played for each other. And the thing I liked about Tommy, and I'll defend him to this day about this particular part of it, is if you thought he was being a twat, you could tell him that he was a twat to his face at half time, and you could have a proper row with him. But you'd go out and play the second half, and after the game or Tuesday, yeah. he'd go, Do you know what? You were right. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have spoken to such and such that way. You were right to defend him, or I I got carried away, or yeah. he was the first one to call you every name under the sun. But he was also the first one to then hold his hand up and to apologise. Mm. And as long as you were the same back with him, yeah, listen, I obviously shouldn't have spoke to you like that in the in front of blah. But it was like, yeah, great, and you put it behind you and off you went. Mm. And it was probably the last place I ever played where you could have a straight conversation with the manager. So Chalky was the same, Steve White, when he replaced him, because I knew Steve from from old. Um, but even subsequent spells at Bath and Mangersfield and stuff like that, there was, you know, you, you couldn't have a straight conversation with anybody. No. It was, it was literally, you were told one thing to your face and something else would happen by the time... You know, the game came round and all various other stuff, so... Yeah, but you as a player, and us as players, you just wanted people to be straight with you, don't you? Yeah. But also, you, you, you I felt I'd earned the right to an opinion. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd been playing regularly for six years and scoring and blah, blah, blah. So if, if I thought something wasn't right, I felt then that I was an older one in the dressing room to look up and go, well, you know... I don't agree with that or whatever it was whether it was Tommy playing 4-5-1 and me up front on my own and literally 20 yards so there was no chance of us scoring because we were so defensive so looking up and going well it just doesn't work does it you know if unless we get more people up the pitch we're never going to stuff like that um, but then yeah and then I went and then James Constable and Charlie Griffin mm-hmm. came through at Chippenham so Gary Hours came in and signed me for Bath. So this was my second, or my first return, second spell at Bath. 
So he signed me, scored on my second debut again, home to Hitchin. And then I think he went end of the season for the Forest Green job. I think it was the Forest Green job. Um, he might have left. And then that's when Rello and that came in. Yeah. So Rello and AD. Johnny Relish. Yeah, AD. yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah, sorry. John Relish yeah. and AD Britain. Um, and then, um, yeah, so just had, again, in and out, they had Scott Partridge. I mean, what a good player he was. Um, so I was then back into the kind of the realms of not in and out of the team. And I'd never, ever, anywhere stayed and picked up money. Yeah. If I wasn't playing, I was gone because I didn't I had no interest in sitting on the bench and not playing I'd rather go and play somewhere else um, so then I ended up going to so I signed for Mangotsfield under badge so Nigel Webb that you had near yeah. and Grimmer and Barton Grimms what you had near the other day um, and then so that all went really well until the end of the season when as I think Nigel would have said they'd got rid of Grimmer or Martin Grimshaw had left or whatever had happened yeah Lee Howes had come in and took over as a bit of a coach or an interim manager. One of the boards, and it wasn't Mike Richardson, who you had in as well, it was one of the other people, asked me what I thought of Lee Howes. And I said, really good coach, but I don't think he's got the people skills to be a manager. So like what we were talking about yeah, earlier, yeah. right? Because I thought, well, if a board member's asking you, that opinion's probably confidential. <laughs> <coughs> so they give the job to Lee Howells, don't they, Arch? And uh, the first thing he says to me in um, pre-season is, well, I know you didn't want me to have the job. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that didn't, um, yeah. So, so I was in and out under, under Arch, and, and again, they had Robbie Claridge yeah. up front. So um, I, uh, I think I packed in. That was when I packed in the first time, 29, 30. Mm -hmm. I just had enough. Had enough of like being mucked around and you know, coming and going and all of that side of it. Went and played for Almondsbury, where Fran Johnson yeah. ran it. So Fran's my wife's uncle. So I went to play for Fran on the condition that I could go out on a Friday night, which <laughs> obviously I'd never done yeah. and I just wanted to go and enjoy my football mm. yeah. so I said I'll come and I'll play for you if I can play centre midfield and if you don't mind me having a beer on a Friday night I, I played a couple of games and I was horrendous <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, not, not because I was drinking right because he put me up front and it's like playing a different game of football yeah so I, I wasn't suited. I, I wasn't very good. Like, I couldn't pick the ball up on the halfway line and beat five people. I needed crosses, service. through yeah, balls, service, service. Yeah. yeah, and then I could score. But you didn't get that. And my movement was different to the, to the wave of the passing. And, and I think I played twice and, That's it. like, packed in, yeah. And then ended up, ended up rejoining Bath when... Um, you had three. Yeah. I so I went. That. Yeah. So I went back when they won the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't blame me. Blame the pair of refs that you had in early. <laughs> yeah. So no, I went. So yeah. Being quick about it, I um, I went what back heck? under. I went back under Rello when they when they yeah. won the league. Henry. So I I went to watch a game that was called off. Got talking to him in the bar. What are you doing? Nothing. Not playing. Would you want to come and train? 
and then I think that they then had injuries. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Scott did his neck, and they ended up basically without a centre forward. So I'd then gone from not doing anything for six months, training once a week to kind of get back into it, and then I played the I played a, a ten eleven games towards the tail end of the season enough to get a medal. Yeah. Scored four or five goals, yeah. something like that. But was that unfair? that I came on as a sub away at Merthyr because <laughs> Darren Edwards got injured and this was the Easter bank holiday weekend so the Friday of the week, yeah. and then I got took off because I was the only fit centre forward to play against Chippenham on the Easter Monday so Rel's taken the R and he's gone I've had to do it because you've got to play you've got to play on Sunday and I scored the winner in a 1-0 yeah. win on the on the Sunday and then um, yeah and then basically um, was playing for free the last year or last little bit or so then £50 a game if I if I played in, for Bath oh. so come the end I was like don't pay me anything if, if I come on I come on if I don't I don't um, and then it just kind of petered out again then second time round in terms of the, the packing in thing and I was I was done then I'd never had any injuries you see yeah I broke my nose three times in a week as a white yes got kicked in the head at training got punched at college by Paul Milson got elbowed it's unusual isn't it I called him we used to call him Mr Soft from the, the soft mint advert with the square head <laughs> so Mills punched me at college yeah. and then I got elbowed by Peter Fear Freer from Wimbledon yeah. the midfielder with the mm. yeah um, and that and my knee when I signed for Bath were the only injuries wow. the odd muscle right yeah, yeah. so by the end I, I was done mentally ah. yeah. so physically I was alright but I was just done working training travelling yeah it does mount up doesn't it yeah yeah and then um, yeah so that was that I think I was probably done by 33 crammed a lot in there didn't you yeah yeah good school scoring record yeah I think the old well I totally speak for myself the older you get the more proud might not be the right word but the more you're kind of aware of, of yeah. what you, of what you yeah. did in looking comparison back, yeah. To, yeah looking back yeah. or in comparison to others or yeah. when you then hear other people's opinion of you type of thing when they're like oh no he was or yeah. you know you go out and I don't know, play golf with Steve Winter and Wince will say oh well good one or the bad one I don't know I only know one of them <laughs> oh the little uh, wing back <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah this is every week Steve <laughs> yeah yeah but, then, but, but, but when you then talk to, to lads you played against for years and then you find out that you know you were the topic of pre, like the, the pre-match don't let him or don't give him a chance yeah. or you know and then you get an idea of how you were viewed by your peers I guess yeah yeah, yeah. you know so but yeah, 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 it was good fun. People speak highly of you, and that's yeah. that, that's, that's <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> yeah. It's genuine yeah, surprise. I just you know, <laughs> I learned a lot about you tonight that hour now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should send you a CD, shouldn't I? Hey, no, no, because the mic was turned off at that point. <laughs> We're it with Painter and Rico. Thanks very much, Martin, Paul, Birdie. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. And you are our longest, in time-wise, running 
podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which won't be a very surprise to anyone. <laughs> yeah, nice to see Take you. Take care, buddy. Yeah, thank, thank you. you.